Hello and welcome. Welcome to The Way of the Truth Warrior. Happy to be here. Sorry I missed Monday. Had some stuff going on today. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. And what is happening where you are, wherever you're listening? What is going on in this crazy world? How do we make sense of it? Well, today we're going to talk about justice. We're going to talk about the reality of the situation we find ourselves in and some of the very funny things going on and some of the serious things and some of the amazing things. It's a mixed bag, guys. This movie that we're living in right now is a comedy. It's a drama. It's a horror show. It's a, it's a thriller suspense. It's got everything. It's got everything shades of everything. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. All will be well eventually, hopefully. And uh, either way, we're in this together and we are going to document everything. And today I've entitled the show uh, after <laughs> this pandemic amnesty plea that has come from the mainstream media. And I say to that, well, let me show you what I'm talking about before I say my bit. This is the article. This is the article from The Atlantic. The Atlantic is one of the news items that you must come across daily in order to get informed about what's going on in the world, of course. So we are told by Emily Oster and The Atlantic, one of the publications that was extremely loud and vocal about demonizing anybody that did not trust the science, which has now turned out to be the the, the fraud, <laughs> the scientific fraud. Uh, they were at the spearhead of pushing this pandemic narrative, and now they're asking for amnesty. We need amnesty, guys. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty, shall we? You know, after we called you all the worst names ever and destroyed your lives and campaigned for your incarceration or death, your segregation. We would like some amnesty if we could, now that the cat is out of the bag and there's publications coming out all over the world to completely debunk all of the premises upon which we based our comments and that all the hysteria that we helped create, all the mental health issues, which is the real pandemic, that we helped create, all the actual physical death that we helped encourage by encouraging the Fauci death jab. All the ridiculous rules that didn't do anything but make everybody look ridiculous. Now we want amnesty. We need to forgive each other, she says. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Now, in one sense, guys, I have some comments about how we got to take the higher road. We got to do all that. But that's kind of separate from this because this to me seems like we kind of want to get away with what we did and go back to business as usual and no apologies, no fines, no imprisonment, no nothing, no justice, no punishment whatsoever for what we've done. Because for some reason, these types of people, they don't really like the idea of personal responsibility for their actions. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem 
But let's just go through a couple things here. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, she says, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I made up myself. We had a family hand signal, which was the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Oh my God, they had hand signals. I had hand signals for like, hey, fellow uh, bare face person. Nice. What's up, bare face, bare face. Uh, once another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on the bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing, because you trained your children to do such things. These precautions were totally misguided. There it is. That's all we need to read. They were totally misguided. Um, oh, but the thing is, we didn't know. So they're kind of going, let me just, I just don't want to read too much of this. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of our old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyways. Neither would any of them, guys. Come on. It's ridiculous. But the thing is, we didn't know. Well, here's the thing, Emily. Here is the issue that I'm so happy you've raised. You know, saying we didn't know now in November of 2022 is, is sort of a privileged position to take, in my opinion. Uh, because... It's easy to be part of the most well-funded propaganda machine in human history. It's easy to listen to all the other well-funded propaganda and just believe whatever they're telling you without having any critical thinking or asking any questions. Like if you're writing a journal, if you're writing, what is this? Is it like a person, it's a blog, The Atlantic, the news. It's kind of like an opinion piece. It's in ideas. Okay. So if you're writing ideas in a very mainstream publication, you should have a few basic journalistic skills, such as taking media reports, taking health advice that we're getting from some very specific individuals that all read from the same script. And what you do is you track it down and you try to find data. You try to find evidence and facts that help you decide whether or not what you're being told is true or not. So you had a choice, right? Kind of like the choice we were given for not accepting this chemical cocktail. Uh, we were told that we had a choice. That's what you told. That's what people such as yourself. I don't want to, I don't know every comment you've ever made. I'm not trying to make a general judgment here, but I'm just saying in general to the side that is, because this, this article, my friends sort of represents what's going to be happening. Because I'm going to show you some of the damning information that is coming out from their own medical establishment journals and scientific whatevers that say and show and prove that they lied to us, they misinformed us, the science was not fluid, it was bullshit. And we tried to warn you, us what, what are we, the fringe, the rebels, the conspiracy theorists, the right-wing extremists? We tried to warn you. There were experts all over the world trying to warn you from the beginning. And so saying we didn't know means you made a choice not to know. You made a choice to trust known liars and criminals with your life. And with your, what you're going to do in this situation. So now it's nice to say, oh, we didn't know because 
so much data has been pouring out and it is now pouring out in a flood that at this stage of November, 2022 is undeniable. It's been undeniable for a long time, but it's, I understand now is the time where you come out and say we were misguided. We need some amnesty for the horrible, horrible anti-human things that we said and did and promoted and encouraged because we were afraid because we were stuck in mass formation psychosis that was induced by the media that you're a part of some of these people. And, um, you could have known, you could have made the choice to know, but you didn't. And that's the problem. And that's why there's not going to be any amnesty. I'm sure not yet, not yet. They're all grant amnesty. If I were the one making the decision here, I would grant amnesty to people who are legitimately coming forward to apologize, to accept responsibility for their actions and to join the team, to join those of us who are trying to get the truth out to the public. So if your article continued and just was loaded with, let's just see how many links and sources we got in here. Not too many. If you were, if you were to do some real journalism and come on, go guys, look, I was totally misinformed. I listened to the wrong people. I apologize. I was in fear. Like if you came out and really did that, and some you're sort of doing it a little bit, but I just feel like it's a little too little too late and requesting amnesty as opposed to we owe all the people that we smeared and destroyed their lives. We owe them an apology and apology isn't even going to cut it after what happened, you know, like we're kind of past that, but that would be a nice start. And then we are going to follow up by taking action to right the wrongs and move forward and show you guys the truth. That would be at least a start, but I'm here to say it's not even good enough. That's not even good enough. What needs to happen is justice needs to happen. And I'm, I'm more focused on the people actually responsible. I understand everybody. We all choose who we trust and believe everybody was afraid. Rational thinking just goes out the window when fear comes in. I get it. Um, but I mean, it's too. The other thing, too, is that th this is like what we're almost three years in. So, at what point do we say, well, you're forgiven because of, I guess you can declare ignorance that you didn't know? I guess I would accept this after maybe the first six months, maybe, okay, the first year. If, if it was after the first year, so like early 2021, or let's say, yeah, that's, that's just where I'm at. Maybe some people would move it further, two years. I don't know. At some point, this is beyond saying, let's just have amnesty. Because we still have the people responsible running loose in the world, and they're still sitting in their positions of power. And they're still making policy and they're still trying to push vaccines on children and pregnant women and everybody and zoo animals and farm animals. It's getting pretty creepy. I don't know if you've noticed. There's a lot you don't know, Emily. You might want to come and have a conversation with us. But um, yeah, like this, all these policies are like 
it ruined the world. Okay. It ruined so many, so many things. And so we're not in an am amnistic, uh, is that the right word mood? And I'm all for forgiveness. So let me then say this. So I'm not a person that thinks we should have amnesty until we have military tribunals, until we have perp walks, until we have all of these crimes that were committed. We have to create like a museum or like that has to be taught in school. This has to be done in a way where this never happens again. And the people who are responsible for doing this are held to account. Every single one. And you're going to have to make yourself right before God, before the truth. That's between you and that force. But when it comes to where our society is going and what's going on politically, um, we can't really start this conversation about, oh, let's just forgive and forget until it's resolved. See, forgiveness... I don't know if everybody quite understands forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't like something you just hand out like a Pez dispenser just because you feel good and you want a virtue signal that everybody that you're such a moral, virtuous person. Forgiveness, so that's the fake forgiveness that people say with lip service, but real forgiveness can only happen if healing is occurring. That's actually what I think of forgiveness as being. Is like It's not just, all right, you lied to me. 87 times, which resulted in a lot of death and destruction on the planet. Um, I guess I'll forgive you. No, no, that means that's a one way street. I'm forgiving somebody that's a repeat offender, and I don't yet have the confidence that you're not going to repeat. You know what I'm saying? So for me, forgiveness is about two opposing views coming together to heal a situation. So that's the process of, of where the justice factor comes in here is. You know, those who committed evil acts must be held to account and then forgiveness can happen. It doesn't happen in reverse. I'm sorry. That's just not how I operate. You have to show that you actually really genuinely do mean your apology and that you're making steps to changing. That's the kind of person I love to forgive. I love to forgive the people that just need a second chance and just made a mistake. I love it. I'm a person that needed a second chance once upon a time. I've made mistakes. I bet you I'll make more. We're human. I get it. But this is beyond a little fib or you stole a candy bar or you, you made one mistake. This is, this, is this is huge. So I'm just echoing the feeling I think that a lot of you are feeling, a lot of people are feeling. Um, that when this article came out from a, a, a far left-wing Vanguard-owned publication where the CEO of The Atlantic has got lots of pictures with people like Ghislaine Maxwell, you know what I'm saying? And then you get somebody coming out who previously wrote articles damning the unvaccinated or damning the people that even thought about questioning putting cloth over the breathing holes 24 hours a day for years on end and doing it to their children, uh, and now you want amnesty? The internet has responded, and they're not too happy about it. And it's actually the uproar about this that I see a, a greater thing here, that this is actually uh, really helping to keep this awakening process going that people are going through, at least with COVID, at least with the pandemic, okay? 
I don't know about a great awakening when it comes to the higher uh, standards of knowledge, but a great awakening to the fact that we all just got lied to and pulled through the ringer on multiple issues. Yeah, that would be great. We could, we could definitely use that. So uh, I don't want to do the amnesty. I'm not in the mood right now for amnesty, Emily. I'm definitely in the mood for Nuremberg too, though. If we could do that first, then we'll sit at the table with you and we'll talk. Deal? Let me know what you guys think. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. So this is sort of the theme we're going with. I've got a lot of news to go with you over. Um, I'm going to be going through my Twitter. I usually set up my, it's just so much easier for me to share all the stuff I'm looking at. So I just go and load my Twitter up with a bunch of retweets and all that. So we got some news to cover. So you can follow me at Truth Warrior Dad on, on Twitter, at Truth Warrior Dad. Uh, that is the newer account that I had. I used to have a really cool DW Truth Warrior Twitter account that had lots of following. We had a good thing going. I'll bet you half the people that followed me were also banned. So I've kind of restarted on Twitter. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with this Elon thing up and down. We're not really sure. I'll go through some of that with you. Um, but there's also been some good things that have come out of this as well. So it's not all bad. It's not all good. It's a mix. But let's get into some of the facts. Let's get into some of the recent discoveries coming out of the wonderful world of science that is debunking the science. And this is a daily occurrence now. I almost can't even keep track anymore. Um, let's just go over here and look at John Cunningham's tweet. He does a, a great Twitter. He's got a great Twitter account. He's a doctor. He said, the Journal of American Heart Association the JAHA has published two new articles this month. So this month alone, guys, so I guess, yeah, October. In October alone, the Journal of the American Heart Association has published two new articles on how to detect and treat COVID-19 induced, sorry, <laughs> let's start that sentence again. How to detect and treat COVID-19 vaccine in quotes, vaccine induced heart disease, which is myocarditis, pericarditis, and myoopritis, whatever, carditis. There's a bunch of variations of basically just a bunch of fancy words for damage to your heart. Okay? And for some reason, they were able to convince people that a rough flu was of more concern, of international concern, than damage to your heart. But anyways, um, here they are. Article one, here's the title. I've posted this also on my telegram. Vaccine triggered acute autoimmune myocarditis. I find it interesting. They actually call it not just myocarditis, guys. It's specifically vaccine triggered acute autoimmune myocarditis. There's going to be a lot of issues with people's immune systems, sadly, and we're already seeing it. Uh, so yeah, defining, detecting, and managing an apparently novel condition. It's apparently novel. It's a new condition that was introduced by the science. The second article they posted, myocarditis after COVID-19 vaccination in pediatrics. So we're talking children. A proposed pathway for triage and treatment. So we got a proposed pathway. Sorry, we damaged everybody's hearts. Can we have some amnesty, please? So I'm just putting these here. Go follow this. 
to get the sauce from John Cunningham. Go get these articles. I like collecting this stuff. For for people that always go, uh, Dave, why do you post so much mainstream media if you're critical of the mainstream media? And like, why are you posting mainstream medical journals if you're critical of mainstream medical journals? Who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? We're talking to the people that believe that this is the holy altar of the holy sepulcher. Okay. Like you have to use those types of publications. And there are some good, there's still good science being done. It's just that it was being suppressed and it's now slowly starting to come out. It's not going to come out in a big red bow that says, okay, guys, like you're not going to find a scientific study that's going to go, guys. Bill Gates tried to depopulate the entire planet by 80%. Like they're not going to go there. If that's what you're waiting for. And if if that's the standard, like you'll wait forever. You're never going to wake people up. Okay. Like they're not going to come over to your side. If that's the starting place, you got to start where people are at. You got to meet people where they're at. So you use these articles. It's good to see this coming out. That means the tide is turning. It's like this big wheel that turns really, really slowly, really slowly, almost undetectably slow, but it does turn and it is turning. And I'm seeing it because I've been watching this obsessively happen for the last, I'm sure as many of you, but I've been watching from the beginning, looking at what's the pulse in the media. What's the pulse from all these Yahoo politicians? What's the pulse from all the medical people? What's the pulse in the scientific papers and the journals? And I'm seeing a shift because there was attempts early on in, even in scientific studies to try to show some of these negative outcomes, but most people didn't even see that. This is stuff people are now actually seeing. So this is, this is very effective counter propaganda to use their own scientific journals to show what you're saying. So go check out this stuff and share it far and wide and save it for those Christmas dinner conversations, okay? Uh, Let's move on. So many good things coming out right now. Um, Oh, yeah, well, and (laughs) this is where, did you hear about this? Every once in a while, they come out with an asteroid that's coming close to the Earth. Have you noticed? Whether it's coming close or not, here we are. And uh, you know, just CTV News, horrible, horrible news agency. In fact, the word news shouldn't even be in the title, okay? Planet killer. So imagine you're just going through and you're like, oh, I hope I could just read one bit of good news today. Just think of a normie, right? One bit of good news. CTV's like, no, planet killer, near-Earth asteroid spotted the largest in eight years. Like, what are you doing to people? What are you doing to people? Have you read the Weather Network lately? It Reading the Weather Network is like, it's like turning into the Horror Network. They're telling, it's like apocalyptic doom every day. It's going to rain. It's raining sheets of water that are made out of razor blades and it's going to turn your skin into an acid, it's going to infect your skin with acid or something. It's just insane. It's just insane. So yeah, planet killer, uh, they're looking for the asteroid variant now, or I'm always asking, you know, when's the alien variant coming? Anything to keep you afraid. That's what their job is. That's what their job is. 
Um, all right, we don't have to watch this video. I just want to, I have been absolutely following the convoy inquiry. And this is really important. I don't care if you're in Canada or not. Uh, this is really important to watch because a lot of truths are coming out. And this is very reminiscent of what happened January 6th, where you had still to this day, the media comparing it. They're saying it's worse than 9-11. January 6th was worse than 9-11, apparently. And, uh, you know, you find out through more investigation that everything the government and the media are telling you is bullshit. Well, this is the Canadian version where we're learning about this and we're already at the stage now. So this week they're doing all the witness testimony. So all the, uh, all the actual protesters, and there's been some really, really good stuff coming out. The lawyers that are representing the convoy, they're top shelf. They're doing a great job in my opinion. Um, nothing's ever perfect, but it's, it's very effective. And I, I did, a a post from Tom Mozano, I think his name Mozano. Uh, he did a nice little video covering where the inquiry is at and some of the very positive things that have come out of it. So good stuff coming out of there. If you want to follow, uh, the real Andy Lee show, she's been covering it full time on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, here is the, here is the clip. This is, <laughs> I just want to play this. We got to go down memory lane. I don't want you guys to forget it. And I also want to give you the video clips that you need to share to your friends who are still barking up your tree about this. And, uh, especially when everybody starts begging you for amnesty, uh, we can talk amnesty only after justice is served for stuff like this. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. What goes through your mind when you hear a lot of the anti-vaccine rhetoric? At this point, it seems criminal to me. The vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You gotta identify those people and bring them out into the uh, open so you know who they are. People who are not vaccinated away uh, from those who are, given that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, then the safer we will be. Gyms, hairdressers, but why not supermarkets? Why not public transport? But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And we all need to remember that getting vaccinated keeps everyone in BC safe and stops the spread of COVID-19. We can extinguish this virus once and for all. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. I don't know how some of you sleep at night who are doing this for a living on television. New York City employees who were fired for not getting vaccinated against COVID-19 should get their jobs back and receive back pay. That ruling tonight from a judge on Staten Island. Paul's check of Australia as we exit the pandemic, and it writes... More than half of respondents either said they regret getting vaccinated or were unvaccinated and happy with their decision. Only 35% said they were vaccinated and would make the same decision again. Large numbers of people around the world have suffered severe side effects and some have died. Your chance of dying of a heart attack when that vaccine, according to their own studies, is 500% greater than if you're unvaccinated. Well, they knew we were going to kill a lot of people and they did it anyway. The conspiracy theorists, the Tin Hat Brigade, 
The so-called anti-vaxxers, who were no such thing but simply wanted personal choice, were right all along. I'm, I'm deeply sorry for anyone who was inappropriately subjected to uh, discrimination as a result of their vaccine status. Never forgive, never forget, and never again. Such a great video. Well done to whoever put that together. I was originally shared. I think Milk Bar TV. Yeah, good job, guys. Uh, yeah. So, how did that go? How did how's that aged? How how is this all aged? It hasn't aged very well, and more people are realizing it, especially as they themselves start to suffer the side effects, and they realize that a lot of people are, around them are passing away, suffering issues that they didn't have before. And as more and more of the science comes out, the real science, the real investigation, the actual real facts, as more of the truth comes out, this is going to be an, untop, an unstoppable tsunami of blowback, blowback coming the way of the people that perpetrated this. Uh, if you see what's going on in Brazil right now with their elections, we're going to get to that. Uh, there's so much happening in other areas as well that's also being exposed. So there are many different themes and different issues sort of playing themselves out really, really quickly all at once. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. But either way, here we are. Um, now, we are getting people starting to apologize. We, we did see a couple months back, there was a campaign, I think it was called hashtag I'm sorry or something. And it was a, a vaccinated man in Canada that started this trend of apologizing to the unvaccinated. I don't know if that's still kicking off, but it went pretty viral on TikTok for a little bit. And we're starting to see more and more of this. Uh, here's a, a lady here who's just saying, I want to apologize for telling a guy to pull his mask up in Costco in the spring of 2020. I believe the experts when they said COVID is spread by droplets, not aerosols. I promise not to blindly trust anyone in the future and to hesitate before telling others what they should do. You know, and, and thank you for that, Laura. We appreciate it. You know, don't even just hesitate. Just stop telling people what to do. That would be the best way to end that sentence. Just, just some advice on apologies. But that's okay. Good job. We, we accept it. We all understand. Um, yeah, like <laughs> Ian Miles Chong. Amnesty? <laughs> this video is like... It, it, this is one of the traumatizing videos of this whole era. It's like it symbolizes everything that happened. I, I don't even want to keep playing it. It just infuriates me too much. And then, of course, you've got this. <laughs> you can put that pandemic amnesty where the sun don't shine, where they have guard dogs and police just beating the crap out of people over masks. Unreal. Unreal what happened. Don't ever forget it, guys. <laughs> Yeah, this is another uh the damn thing that so much time back to a whole variety of answers
I've been saying it from the beginning. I've been working at uh, helping contribute to it myself. Everything is documented. That's the good news. It's all backed up. I've got numerous friends from different countries that have backed up and triple backed up everything they've collected since the beginning on numerous fronts, election fraud, pandemic, media reports on climate change predictions that didn't come true, all the pedo stuff, right? We've got it all. We've got it all. The public has it all. We don't, we don't have every everything, but we've got enough. We've got tons. It's all documented. And justice is coming. It's a cosmic principle at this point. It's an inevitability. A lie cannot sustain itself. It can't. It can't. We just have to be patient and we just have to never stop. Never stop, never quit. And get rid of all the negative rhetoric from your mind and from your language. We got to stay in this fight, my friends. This is from uh, Zuby. I've been to nine countries and dozens of cities over the past two and a half years and spoken to thousands of people. So much damage was caused by the stupid response to COVID-19. People don't truly understand just how much global pain the behavior of politicians, bureaucrats, and bootlickers caused. Correct. Yeah, and we're also not forgetting what happened in Canada. Trudeau and the police services and the government officials and the health officials and the media, you sniveling slime. We don't forget anything. We've got it all documented as well. Just go check out my documentary. It's free on YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, everywhere that's cool. Rockfin. The truckers were right. It's being proven right in front of your eyes right now in the inquiry. And speaking of the inquiry, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, she's a reporter for Rebel News in Canada. She's talking about Barber. He was one of the convoy leaders. He was a trucker. He, he had his testimony yesterday, and he said his bank accounts were frozen by the feds when the Emergency Author Authorization Act was invoked, and one account was frozen for three and a half months. He was arrested on the street while walking with his 18-year-old son who fought tears as his dad was arrested. Barbara says he was never, he has never been in trouble before and tried to act within the law. So it's all coming out and we're just getting started. <laughs> the ferryman's toll. He does some really, really good memes, by the way, go check him out on Twitter and also on telegram. <laughs> He's like amnesty. You destroyed people's lives, reap the whirlwind. And the, I mean, two years of constant lies and propaganda. It's the media. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. <laughs> you wish. You wish, guys. You wish. Um, this was another uh, Steve Charlin. He's a, he speaks in French from Quebec. Freedom Convoy organizer from Quebec says that there was never any violence from protesters on the ground, that it was from external sources. He actually brings up uh, seeing Antifa groups there that were trying to incite violence. So they, they put agent provocateur groups in the trucker crowds, um, but he never saw any said I saw violence from the police and from some of these Antifa groups and some of the counter protesters. We didn't see anything from the actual convoy protesters. Yeah. 
Oh, this is a uh, Ferryman's Toll kind of redid the the title of the article from the Atlantic. Please don't hold us accountable for the bullshit we put you through. We know we made your lives a living hell, but we were just following orders, bro. <laughs> That's the rewrite, Emily. That's the title. That's the title. That's a winner. Um, okay, this lady was a was just a bombshell. On, I'm not even sure her name. I apologize. I just saw her clips going around. I shared a couple of them. She lights up this lawyer who you can just see. Let me make it a little bigger for you. You can just see this guy's face. I don't know what it is. It's someone's countenance. You know the, the term countenance? Like, I think it's it's more than just your physical features. It's like there's an aura that you notice about a person, their countenance, their 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 facial features, their mood. You can just feel the energy. This guy reeks of just sociopath. It's it's unbelievable. This lawyer that's trying to cross-examine her. And let's hear how she responds to this guy. So, Ms. Belton, uh, we've heard previous evidence uh, from the police and others about um, some convoy protesters uh, being very upset about people wearing masks and doing um, protests by going into stores and shops and restaurants in large groups without wearing masks. Did you observe those kinds of activities while you were here? I observed massless people. I didn't see protests. You might want to talk to those that caused the issue. That was not me. Uh, so when you went into restaurants and shops, you wore a mask during the uh, convoy protest? Sir, I'm a victim of violence, and I won't put a mask on to make you feel better. So okay. so when I have to go through what I have to go through and take out a van because you want me to wear a mask, and then you don't want me to drive a car however I live in the country, I take issue to that. I can't walk home. I don't live in a city center like you do. So, yes, there are issues on both sides, and there is no compassion on this side. That is the issue. You are painting this exactly like the Toronto Star did. You have no empathy for us. So I take that as a no? You didn't wear masks when you went into stores? No, because I'm a female victim of violence, and you need to respect that. Okay. Boom. Look, I wish... I wish I could be there for this stuff. I wish I could be there for this stuff. Put me on the stand. Put me in, coach. Put me in. Um, when he's asking that question, let me come back for you. When he's asking this question about the, we got report, we're doing an official inquiry about the government declaring a War Powers Act that allows them to freeze people's bank accounts, enter their homes without any kind of warrant, and subvert the normal checks and balances between the people and the government which historically never goes well, okay? That's what they that's that's what we're here to inquire upon. If you want to do an inquiry on masks, oh, please invite me. Please sit me down, bring this guy up and let's let's do this, man, because here's the thing. Yes. People all over Canada and in other countries as well. During the great persecution of the barefaced people, the people that knew that breathing, inhaling and exhaling is actually a way that you clear out everything in your body and you actually regulate everything. I don't know, breathing, it's like really, really important. And we knew right from, the day, from day one that wearing a moist cloth face hugger over your breathing holes was not going to stop any spread of bacteria or viruses or whatever the hell this is. And it was also harmful. 
psychologically harmful and physically harmful. And there have been people that specialize, experts that specialize in CPE and specialize in masks, environmental protection agency type people that know masks and the efficacy of masks and the types of masks and how masks are made and why they're designed and the specific purposes that are for specific masks. These people know masks. Doctors do not know masks. They don't know. They're told wear the thing. It stops the drops from going into the guy you're operating on. We also have the air quality regulation and all of that as well. There's many different, but why didn't we wear these masks before for any other spread of any virus? And why, when these virologists are working in labs with these viruses, why are they wearing full body suits, right? Why, why, are, why are we all not just wearing full body suits? I mean, that's the level of insanity you're talking about. The mask is a symbol. Even Anthony Fauci admitted it. So we knew all this stuff. And people were being kicked out of grocery stores for not wearing a mask. People were not able to buy gas. People were kicked off of public transportation, which our taxes go to pay for, by the way, right? So... Uh, there was a lot of discrimination. People were being arrested. People were being slammed up the side of cars. People were being choke slammed in the streets. So that level of persecution drove people to go, all right, well, I really do need to go into the store and maybe buy some food for my family. So I'm going to go recruit a couple of my buddies so that we all go in together so that we don't get swarmed by the entire store that's all subject to mass formation psychosis. I'm going to go get some backup so that I can survive in this society. That's why. And when they went in downtown Ottawa, yeah, a lot of people went into stores without masks. And you know what? A lot of the store owners were like, yes, come on in. I'm sick of this bullshit. And there was another complaint that these guys made, which was that, oh, some of these businesses in Ottawa suffered tremendously because of the convoy. Did they? Cast your mind back to... The winter of 2021, a lot of these businesses were destroyed. A lot of them were begging for customers. And the convoy came in and all of these restaurants, all of these businesses that were servicing the trucking convoy were saying they were making more in one week than they had all year so far. Because it's just been trickles and then just they're so busy. They actually had to hire new staff. They had to, the truckers had to like be recruit. They were recruiting the truckers, help mop the floors. So, so much is good. So much good stuff is coming out of this hearing and these little gems. It's, it's really, it's really good for us to be able to share these out to our friends so that they start to see the side that the media refused to report during the convoy. So that's why I like these things. Okay, this, we have to suffer through another very, very short Trudeau clip, okay? I promise, and I will come back and give him a right roasting after. Is that a deal? So we're just going to do a really quick one. I'm sorry I have to play his nasally voice. Just hold your stomach for a second. We'll get through this, and then I'll come back. It's really important. It's important because we got to keep hearing. We need to keep pointing out the hypocrisy here, okay? It's very important we do this. So it's 35 seconds. Are you ready? All right, take a breath. We're doing this together. And 
Let's do this real quick, okay? Using the notwithstanding clause to suspend workers' rights um, is wrong. I know that, that collective bargaining negotiations are sometimes difficult, but it has to happen. It has to be done in a respectful, thoughtful way at the bargaining table. Uh, the suspension of people's rights is something that you should only do in the most exceptional circumstances. And I really oh, whoa, 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 sorry, sorry. Whoa. Sorry, guys, I just, it's just, it's for the testimony for the Nuremberg too, okay? Is something that you should only do in the most exceptional circumstances. The suspension of people's rights is something that you should only do in the most exceptional circumstances. And I oh, really? Oh, really? Only the exceptional circumstances, right? Like what, too many bouncy castles for you? Okay, I got to say something. What is, I, I really have to ask this. Okay, I'm coming back for this. Coming back. Is it just me or is there this new trend of, the, of these people? Maybe it's a different subspecies of humans. I don't know what's happening to people's voices, but what do people live in their throat? Like he's like, uh, just uh, totally like, what's with that grindy esophagus sound? Like just, uh, what is that? Who talks like, I know people that talk like this. I'm like, stand up straight. Use your diaphragm. Like, what the hell? These, I, I'm sorry. I've even heard people that I res, like respect talk like this. And I, I look at them and I say, hey, like, you know, present yourself. <laughs> I don't want to coach people. I don't want people to get all self-conscious. But it's like this weird trend of these people that speak with this bubbly little low, no, no base, no energy, no passion kind of voice. And it's just, ah. Uh, yeah, and I would expect Trudeau to have it, of course, but I'm really sad to see how many people are are speaking like this. What is going on with this? I don't know. But anyways, got to show you that because here he is, of course, the king of, he's the guy that declared the Emergencies Act because he was afraid to come out and have a conversation. And he considered that an extreme circumstance to liber <laughs> limit people's freedoms. And now he's out there lecturing people about freedom. This is what infuriates everybody about Trudeau is that that hypocrisy, but, but if you see past your emotions on it, this is gold because it's the truth coming out that this is what you do to liars. You just keep putting it out. Oh, see, humans never had this ability before in history when we didn't have recording devices everywhere. You have a recording device in your pocket that takes like high quality video and you can put it up on like a gazillion websites in nanoseconds, you know? We live in an incredible time where we can catch people. So think of the history we've caught from the past of, of conspiracies and, and all this crime and corruption and totalitarianism and all that kind of stuff. Think of past times where we didn't have the ability to catch the every word and, and bring it back to the public again. And we never had that stuff documented. And just look at Despite that, despite the lack of that sort of video evidence on the ground during the early 1900s or pick any era of history, uh, despite that, look at how much evidence we actually still do have from history of things like this. The hypocrisy, the way the totalitarians say one thing, do another. Uh, you know, we have all these profiles on psychopaths and everything, crime rings. Can you imagine moving forward in history where future historians are going to look back and provided we don't get hit by a massive solar flare and the entire digital record is wiped, uh, how much 
information and evidence future historians will have to reference. Thanks to people like you and me sitting at home in our pajamas fighting World War III. And it's just, we've done a great service to humanity. Everybody that has shared videos and, and uh, especially the people doing podcasts and, and doing alternative media and doing independent media and holding the line this entire time and withstanding the scourging of the public from all sides and withstanding the pressure from your family to conform. You are the heroes. We will preserve the actual record of truth. We will preserve it. And I implore everyone that is in, involved in trying to get truth to the light and get to that justice that we all want, the res resolution that we all want. Do everything in your power to back up all of your sources and back up all the things that you've collected. And you have no idea how valuable that is going to be. Mark my words. Especially now. See, the, this is what's amazing. While there is, say, uh, think of it in the U.S., right, with the election. Remember all those hearings that were happening where they were trying to present all the evidence, you know, and the media was trying to shut it down. But the hearings got more views than any CNN episode, like any of the mainstream media. So what I'm saying is that while there's sort of like these official inquiries that I know everybody's kind of bummed out about because they're like, oh, they're never going to do anything. This is the number one comment I get. Every time I post something about the inquiry, oh, they're just, it's never going to come. They're never going to, it's just, you got to see the big picture. You got to see the long game, okay? We are doing our own inquiry. The public, every individual out there that was affected by this, that cares about this, you are doing the inquiry. This is what it is. This is Nuremberg 2 right now. I want there to be an official one with military guys and the marching them out and the gallows and everything. But right now, it's the public inquiry of Nuremberg 2 that is happening all over the planet. And we are the ones that are documenting it, that are presenting the evidence to the court of public opinion. And we are breaking through the censorship we are breaking through the all the blockades and we are being effective. I'm just trying to show you guys that we are being effective. Public opinion, the masses, the normies, that massive group of people that just sort of drifts along in life and told what to do, they are starting to wake up because of you, because of us, because of what we've done, us little people that believed once upon a time that we had no power or sway over the situation. No, we absolutely do. We are the only reason this conversation is still happening. We are the only reason that anybody is learning anything about this because otherwise they only have the mainstream news to listen to. So that's why it's important. And that's why you should never feel hopeless if you're not going to get the perfect decision from some court or some inquiry. I don't care about that. I care that there's cameras rolling on these people. That's all I care about because I know these people are just going to be themselves on the stand. And actually, when it came to the Canadian inquiry, the trucker inquiry, we had a lot of good testimony from police officers. 
I, I feel like there was actually a lot of good people testifying. There wasn't, it wasn't the shit show I was expecting myself so far. I mean, it's not perfect. And I don't know if we're going to get any official action out of it, but even when I had Danny Bulford on, you should go back and check out that interview. It was really good. Uh, he was saying this, that this is a means to an end having the inquiry. First of all, it's one of the articles that is involved with the emergencies act. So Trudeau did not ask for it. Like he's pretending he's lying. He's on the stand saying, yeah, I just, and he's like, I want to have a, a transparency in government. So I decided that we should be doing an inquiry. No, it's part of the, it's part of the emergencies act. It, it's mandatory. You don't want an inquiry <laughs> clearly, but we're doing it anyways. So they're doing their little official inquiry. You got all these little cases in the U S about election fraud. It's going to start happening in Brazil. Is Brazil in like total anarchy right now over what happened with Bolsonaro? I don't know. I just heard that he officially conceded. I don't know if that's fake news, but um, everybody knows that it was a ripoff job. And the, the person that took the helm in Brazil is totally a WEF plant and that's not a conspiracy theory the guy's face is right on the website um but all what's going to happen is all these inquiries they start with this like official government thing but really the real inquiry is done by the public so let them do their little pony show we keep the cameras rolling we edit the clips just take your phone and do a screen record and clip it up and then share it out Keep it, you know, under a couple minutes and get it out far and wide so that people hear it from the horse's mouth. And the more people that do it, we can easily overwhelm the algorithms. We can easily overwhelm the mainstream fake news media whose ratings are plummeting right now. So it's a moment of weakness that exists now in November of 2022 that didn't exist a year ago and didn't exist two years or three years ago. So it's an exponential curve of progress is what I'm trying to say. So it's good. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. What else I got? Yes. Okay. Let's just quickly do this uh, about Jeremy McKenzie. I'm hearing a rumor that he is actually going to testify at this inquiry. Could you imagine that? Jeremy McKenzie on the stand? I hope and pray every day that that happens because the man knows what he's talking about. He's very eloquent. He's not afraid of anything. And this would be an absolute dream come true if they brought him on the stand. But here is, so they were in the inquiry though. They did bring up Jeremy McKenzie. Here's a little clip. I think uh, Ferryman's told put it together and let's just hear it out because they got a clip of Jeremy from when the convoy was happening. Oh, unmute. There we go. And what about this Jeremy McKenzie fella? Uh, did you ever hear of him seeking that protesters act violently or incite people to commit violent acts? No. Did Jeremy McKenzie or any of his followers or veterans that you know of uh, say that they were going to physically and violently overthrow the government of Canada? None. All right. All right, so I'm in Ottawa right now. Uh, there's a bunch of us here. Um, it's ridiculous that I even have to say this, but just for posterity and uh you know history's sake because uh how do i say this without <laughs> it seems or it's come been brought to my attention that it, is, it appears to be the intention of uh some people to frame or invent 
some kind of uh, domestic terrorism narrative around uh, people uh, involved in this uh, this weekend, potentially myself and other people uh, included. This is ridiculous. If anything happens, it was not me. It was not any of us. Everyone here is assembling peacefully to support the truckers and simply observe the beautiful movement that is our country trying to come together to rid ourselves uh, and, and correct the trajectory, the very alarming trajectory that this country is on. That's it. We're armed with uh, muffins and coffee and cigarettes and uh, things like this. So again, um, this is crazy. Everyone, please be on your best behavior. And uh, if you see anything odd or strange or uh, makes you nervous or uncomfortable, uh, leave. Leave immediately. And um, keep your, you know, your, your phone, uh, your camera is probably your, your best defense. Uh, if you see anything strange, uh, you know, film it. Um, that's all for now. Uh, <laughs> still a shitload of people coming in here, heading in, and uh, we'll see what happens. But again, if anything, hap uh, anything at all, um, it's a lie. And so that was him on the ground in Ottawa during the convoy protest. And there were a num there were a number of occasions where Jeremy and other uh, people that were pretty prominent in the protest were saying, like Tamara Leash, for example, and many others were like, "This is nonviolent, no violence. This is peaceful. This is about love. This is about unity. This is about the truth. This is about coming together." Like it was a constant thing throughout the whole deal. And of course, the government tried to make Jeremy look like a domestic terrorist because of his joke meme diagonal. Um, which is just a meme and it's a joke and it's hilarious. And of course the government doesn't have a sense of humor and they're looking for a way to deflect the actual blame from them. <laughs> uh, so they're looking to try to set people up. And so we're all hoping that Jeremy gets to have a day in court here or a day in the inquiry. That would be absolutely epic. So hopefully that happens. I hear he's still in jail right now. I don't know all the details. Um, originally, I thought they were putting him behind bars for some trumped up charge to try to get him out of the picture from the inquiry. Maybe that was the original intention and something else intervened. But um, yeah, let's hope that happens. Now, this is just gold. I posted this as well on my telegram yesterday. And this woman here, Canadian woman, I'm not sure her name. She just absolutely scorches it here in a couple minutes. Let's hear what she's got to say about the bigger picture of what's going on. I'll go for it. How, why are Canadians complacent? Why don't they realize that your government is corrupt? They don't realize our government is corrupt because they think they are free. They think right now that the mandates are over, the lockdowns are over, and that there is nothing holding them back. They are under the illusion of freedom. What they don't understand is there's still a lot of people that aren't able to work. If you were a federal government employee, you still can't work unless you're vaccinated. The post-secondary schools are still telling kids they can't come into post-secondary unless they're vaccinated, or they can't live in residence unless they're vaccinated. Tim Hortons specifically said kids couldn't go to camp this summer unless they were vaccinated. They're now starting to do away with cash. You are not. A, there are several restaurants I've gone to lately that won't accept cash, cash, even though cash is a legal tender. We are not free. 
we are under the illusion of free and people are under the illusion of mandates and lockdowns are done. What they don't understand is that this is all just a dress rehearsal for what's coming up. And what's coming up is the digital convergence, bio-digital convergence, social credit system, and they're already prepping it and telling us it's coming. And people aren't listening because they're under the illusion that they're free because it hasn't affected their front doorstep yet. When will it affect our front doorstep? When they wake up and they no longer have money in their bank accounts and they're told that they are in a central digitalized banking system and they are told that they can buy bread only if they get the chip in their hand which will complete the biodigital convergence and it's all over our federal government websites and people aren't paying attention. They are telling us what's coming. Ontario.ca, which is our provincial government website, is talking about all the wonderful things Digital ID is going to do for you and more. You go all the way down to the bottom and it says working in affiliation with the World Economic Forum. People need to understand what the World Economic Forum is and that the fourth industrial revolution is what they are advocating for. And if anybody reads that book, page 121 is super, super important. And it talks about transhumanism. And 2025 is the deadline that they all think that transhumanism is going to happen. And it all starts with the biodigital convergence, digital ID. How convenient is that? Central digitalized banking service. How wonderful is that? We're going to find out very soon. KTDI, which is known traveler digital ID. So she's going through the first of all, that was just awesome. Well done. Really good grasp of the situation, I think. And uh, she was just starting the process of talking about how there's actual government calls for like the Canadian government has an official document on their website with a direct tie to the World Economic Forum when it comes to digital ID for traveling in and out of Canada. So we all knew that this wasn't just going to be about the vaccine, the quack scene. It was going to move into ID 2020, the whole thing, right? So there's people that are waking up to the small conspiracy, and then there's those of us that know about the grand plan. Um, so well done. And actually, I just got a text from a friend of mine, Adrian, who's saying, hey, David, watching your show. And I just want to let you know that Bolsonaro officially didn't concede. He called in the military to run an audit of the election results. All right. Thank you, Adrian, for the update. Uh, if anybody has any sauce on that, please feel to drop that in the chat or uh, fire me a message on Telegram or something because I'm trying to follow what's going on in Brazil. I have a lot of friends in Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, shout out. Um, but yeah, what a crazy situation. And I've, I'm hearing that as there's a, basically a trucker convoy going on over there. I think they're squaring off with the cops right now. Um, but a lot of the police did join in with the protest. And apparently there's so many people hitting the streets all over Brazil that it's incalculable. Like if we thought the trucker convoy was big, I mean, Canada, think about it, you know, population size due to compared to the size of the country compared to Brazil population density. It's totally different. But just to see, wow, Brazil coming out in such a response to what they all know was a total fraud and they all realize what's going on. And that's just what's great to see. So uh, let's hope there's some resolution to that. That's pretty crazy. If you think about it, if you think back to Myanmar, what went down with that election and the government, the military just took right over. And then you're having now this situation in Brazil. Um, 
it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And then, of course, the election fraud in the states and most likely in Canada and everywhere else. These guys are installing puppets all over the place and they just switch them out when one of them loses. Um, so we got to deal with that. And uh, yeah, shout out to Brazil. Let's hope let's hope something comes of this because something like that. Could you imagine a military investigation and audit in Brazil that shows that they committed fraud and then proves how they did it? And then starts to set precedent for other countries to start doing this investigation. Do you know how big this could be? Like that's that's great. Oh, we got more science coming out. Here is Dr. Simone Gold saying breaking a peer-reviewed study shows a 42% false positive rate for COVID-19 from the non-QRT PCR test. All COVID-19 jab studies used non-QRT-PCR to determine case status, which means COVID-19 jab outbreak data is unreliable and flawed. This is shocking. And as she's saying this is shocking, she, it's not shocking to Dr. Simone Gold for sure, but it's, shock, it's not shocking to me. It's probably not shocking to you, but it would be shocking to people that still believe in the cult of the medics. So here's actually the substack. That goes through the case. James Lyons Wheeler, he breaks it all down. Um, here, I'll drop it in the chat over here for you guys. And right now, the, sorry guys, the only chats that I can hit up are DLive and Twitch. Um, I got to do a bunch of another finagling in order to chat, chat it everywhere else. But uh, you can go look it up, popularrationalism.substack.com. And I'll pop this onto my Telegram as well for you guys, okay? But you could also just go to Twitter and Dr. Simone Gold has it right there for you. So save those articles. They come in handy. Yeah, here's the video I was talking about regarding the inquiry. Tom Marazzo, sorry, Tom Marazzo. How we are winning the Public Order Emergency Commission. Okay, we got more VAERS data. Okay, so this is uh, Dr. Brian Hooker. Breaking this down, let's listen in. He devised a method and to when we would know exactly when VAERS predicted that myocarditis was a side effect of the vaccine and specifically in males between ages 8 and 21. So adolescent and young adult males, even some children as well. And um, we wanted to find that. Remember, the rollout of the vaccine was first in the United States on December 10th, 2020. And it turns out that the signal for myocarditis became statistically significant if you follow the VAERS database just 10 weeks later. 10 weeks later, they knew that um, myocarditis incidence in males uh, was much, much higher. Carl Jablonowski did a comparison, what's called an internal control. He looked at the other adverse events associated with the COVID-19 vaccine, and he found that significantly there were too many or many, many more adverse events involving myocarditis. And so they know that knew that, and, and CDC knew that as early as February 19, 2021, 10 weeks later, did nothing about it. Um, the signal became stronger, and in uh, statistics, we do what's called a p-value, and a p-value is the, the probability that the result that you're seeing is due to chance, 
and the probability that this was a significant result on February 19th, uh, you know, 10 weeks after the rollout of the vaccine, the probability that it was significant was 95%. Then in March, it became 99%. And then in April, it became 99.99% probable that there was a strong signal with myocarditis and that it was selectively affecting uh, adolescent and young adult males. And so looking at it, what CDC did was they sat on this information and they did not report any type of signal that they were finding with myocarditis until May 27th, 2021. So they waited three months after a signal appeared to alert the public more than. Think about this. Think about the ramifications of this. If any real law was served properly, this is criminal negligence. This is scientific fraud that resulted in people's death. And what's insane is they're still pushing the jabs like it now to this right now. They're still, if I went to CBC news, they would still be pushing it. Adrian Dix right now, probably just tweeted. We have this many people that got vaccinated and this many people to go. This is all the guy tweets all day, every day. He's the guy, the freak without any sideburns. Um, so yeah, there's that, the VAERS data that everybody tried to ignore, but is now being shown to be an underestimate of the real damage of the science. Okay. <laughs> I just had to, I, I just had to take a shot at AOC for this. This is hilarious. There's this meme going around on leftist Twitter about uh, all the stuff with Elon Musk taking over. They're all freaking out. Um, they think it's an attack on democracy to have more free speech. I don't understand how their math adds up. And uh, he recently came out and said, hey, if you guys want to have a blue check mark, you got to pay eight bucks a month for it so that it's not. Uh, we need it as a way to flush out a lot of bots and fake accounts and all that, because I think he knows a lot more about how, just how many fake accounts there really are on Twitter, which, of course, are used uh, by these bot farms to help generate and manufacture the artificial public opinion. Um, and so anyways, they're all complaining about it. All the socialists are complaining about it. So AOC is like LMAO, a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that like free speech is actually eight bucks a month. Oh, look, it's <laughs> how retarded do you have to be? That's not what's being said at all. Okay. And I'm not even all the way in on Elon Musk here. It's just, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, I don't think that sounded very good, but anyways, you know what I mean? So you're saying that by you having to pay $8 a month to have a status symbol, that that's a threat to free speech. And you guys were the ones openly okay with censoring conservatives opinions on Twitter. That's hilarious. You're the one trying to LMAO at you, AOC. You're the laughing stock of the world. I don't know if you know that video that went around that went super mega viral of those university, those college kids just absolutely demoing you in front of your own audience. That went more viral than any video you've ever done yourself. So you've been rightly corrected by the real fact checkers. Oh yeah, here's that picture. Liz Churchill, she's another great account. 
the owner of the Atlantic. That's the publication that published the ridiculous nonsense about amnesty. The owner of Atlantic, Laurel Powell Jobs, asking for amnesty, featured below with Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, just to, just to put it out. Oh, yeah. This is the... Uh, here's some of the face-offs going on in Brazil right now. They got the water cannons out. This might get nasty real quick. Brazil is a totally different level, okay? Totally different level over there. Big country, lots of people, and a lot of people are pissed about what's going on. So let's keep our eyes on Brazil. Let's pray for Brazil. I stand with Brazil. Can I put a Brazilian flag in my bio now or what? Um, okay, Tim Pool is saying this. Maybe a little melodramatic, but I, maybe he's got a point. This may be the biggest story of our lives. The direct violation of law and the Constitution on a scale designed to subvert our elections and control the population. This is coming from Lee Fang. Facebook and Twitter created special portals for the government to rapidly request takedowns of content. The portals, along with NGO partners, used to censor a wide range of content, including obviously parody accounts and content disagreeing with government pandemic policy. So they're just digging in. The emails and documents show close collaboration between the DHS and private sector, which, what was the definition of fascism again? The merging of state and corporate power to oppress the people? Uh, Twitter's Vijay Gadi, fired by Elon Musk last week, met monthly with DHS to discuss censorship plans. So she was their point woman on that. Microsoft exec texted DHS, quote, platforms, have got to get comfortable with government. So he just keeps going through. How does the DHS justify its evolving mission from countering foreign terror groups to policing domestic disinfo on social media? Leaked planning docs show the agency argues false information is a source of radicalization and violence. Earlier this year, the DHS launched a widely planned disinfo governance board, which it later shuttered which it later shuttered following criticism. But the same agenda lives on with DHS sub-agency CISA, which argues disinfo is a threat to American critical infrastructure. And here's the draft DHS quad review, which plans agency policy leaked to us, shows growing focus on MDM, misinfo, disinfo, mal malinfo, to protect homeland against spread of toxic narratives how the agency defines false info and what narratives are prioritized isn't clear. And he continues, DHS official working on disinfo noted during an internal strategy discussion that the agency should use third-party nonprofits as a, quote, clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. So not only were they wanting to collude with big tech and these big corporations, all these leftist governments, that are anti-big government, anti-big corporation. It's hilarious. They're all fakers. Uh, they all collude. They're, not only did they collude to censor opinion, and not just the opinion of some Joe Schmo, which is also bad, but the opinions of renowned experts in their fields and, and witness, witnesses and journalists, uh, they actually tried to cover it up and make it look like something that it wasn't. I think that's a crime. I think that's a crime, maybe a few crimes, maybe, maybe a boatload of crimes going on here. So just so we know, I should probably follow him for more updates. Hold on. Um, so yeah, just want to point that out. 
really interesting stuff coming out right now, guys. This is gold. Uh, how do I get out of this thread? I'm lost in the thread rabbit hole. Almost there. There we go. So yeah, there's that. Um, this is interesting. Lori Goldstein's posting this. Federal government and three main opposition parties in Canada have agreed to set up a special committee of MPs that will have unfettered access to all national security documents related to the firing of infectious disease scientists at the National Microbiology Laboratory in Winnipeg. And of course, you go through the comments and right away, people are like, oh, nothing's going to happen out of this. It's going to be totally... Look, again, the cameras are rolling. The conversation piece is not dying out about the Winnipeg lab. Any discussion in the mainstream about the Winnipeg lab is a good thing at this point because a lot of people in Canada don't even know that story. I was at another friend's place the other night talking to some people. They start bringing up a few different points and I start talking about the Winnipeg lab. They're like, what are you talking about? That's about to change because they're actually going to set up a special committee of MPs to investigate it and basically do a public inquiry on it. So that'll be interesting because we all know what went down at the Winnipeg laboratory where we had, I think it ended up being like 20 something scientists from China that were taking stuff from the Winnipeg lab to Wuhan. So there's a, there's something big behind this. We're probably only going to get the surface level, but we all know it goes much deeper. There's something really big about what went down in Canada in relation to this pandemic. And I'll just leave it at that. So I don't get in too much trouble, but I think y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is from Peter Sweden. Huge news today. All unvaccinated healthcare workers are allowed to return to work in Italy after the new right wing government scrapped the vaccine mandates. Freedom is winning. So a couple good steps in the right direction for Italy. Let's hope we start to see this become a trend. Oh, is this Julie Powell? Yeah. Okay. So this is just more of the same original tweet from Julie Powell back in, uh, 20, 2020. Yeah. November 21 or no, that'd be October, October of 21. I would argue that COVID does kill some of the right people. The anti-vaxxers maskers are dying in legions, but yes, it's a real shame about Kavanaugh. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is where, the, what, what took over the souls of these people, man? Unbelievable, eh? But here we go. Moving on. This is uh, October 25th, 2022. So I woke up with something that's literally black hairy tongue people, including my doctor seem to think it's no big deal and will go away soon, but it certainly is gross. If you, <laughs> if you woke up with a black hairy tongue after getting a bunch of jabs, wouldn't you have at least a couple questions? What is black hairy tongue? And then, uh, very sad, very sad how this turns out, right? Julie Powell, food writer behind Julie and Julia, dead at 49. She suffered cardiac arrest. Uh, it's not in this article, but other people have shown the other articles. So, yeah, how it started versus how it ended. Um, I hate to see it, but at the same time, it's just 
it's the way of karma. I'm sorry. It's the way it goes. John Smith is just pointing this out. Death rates don't climb by 18% annually. Something is wrong. Something is seriously wrong. And we've only noticed this recently. This didn't happen in the beginning of the pandemic, so they can't blame it on the virus. It's the, it's the jabs, and we all know it. Here we got Pearson Sharp showing us some more data here. You can go follow this up. UK government data reveals the triple vaccinated make up 91% of all COVID deaths this year and fully vaccinated make up 90% of COVID deaths since 2021 because fully vaccinated, that's a goalpost that will always move until the end of time, until these people are stopped. So I think they're talking about the people that have got two jabs during 2021. So they would be... Yeah, single double vaccinated is the little purple here. Okay. Unvaccinated is the smallest margin. These are the deaths, right? So look at percentage of COVID-19 deaths by vaccination status in England from the 1st of April, 2022 to 31st of May, 2022. And it's the government data, okay? And their data is showing the smallest group of deaths in the group is unvaccinated people. Next up would be the single double vaccinated. And look at the triple vaxxed. Look at that. Look at that. Absolutely massive. 91% of COVID deaths in hospitals in the UK right now are triple jabbed. I thought this was the pandemic of the unvaccinated, Dan Andrews. Isn't that what you told us? <laughs> Bushels per acre. I don't think Brazil is going quietly into the night. Something seems to be happening here. Check this out. Look at the size of that audience, eh? Look at the size of that audience. Okay, I, I can't play the audio because this breaks my heart, this video. But I'll just talk about it. Yeah, this is when they uh, they did this to an unvaccinated child. I remember this. And the new hashtag movement, guys, is no amnesty. Let's see how it's doing already, actually. Yeah. That's going to start to trend. Good stuff. Emergencies Act is trending. Tamara Leash is trending. Probably Trudeau must go is trending. Okay, look at this. Look at this in New Zealand. New Zealand, what is going on? Look at this. Our Secret Service is launching an initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalised. Know the Signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack. As Adam Hollingworth reports, the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism. Time was when the intelligence services were never seen, never heard. But now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know, and if necessary, dot them in. Recognising a potential warning sign and then alerting NZSAS or police could be the vital piece in the puzzle that ultimately saves lives. To that end, they're publishing a guide called Know the Signs to help us all identify potential terrorists in our midst. To pay attention if they are, and to be alert, so that if they see or hear about something that seems curl, off, 
um, that worries them and concerns them. They might have a look at this information to say, does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack? The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon as happened in Christchurch, to... A person who is who is really developing an us-versus-them worldview. Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith. Whoa. But in the past six months, a third group has emerged, those motivated by politics. And so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, and so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, or it could be other policies that are interpreted as, as infringing on rights. Uh, and 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 it's a what I sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs, um, fueled by conspiracy theories. Fueled by conspiracy theories. The launch of the initiative. I don't care about the details. Fueled by conspiracy theories. The conspiracy theorists were right. Welcome to the party. Toast to all of you beautiful people out there that got it right. Uh, and, of course, this is a member of the Cult of Intelligence. Okay? You can go check out Chapter 8 of Cult of the Medics, cultofthemedics.com. We do a whole chapter on the Cult of Intelligence. We focus on the CIA, but we know they're all the same. Okay? And, uh, yeah, that that little curl, that's got a... That's, that's a sign of something. And when they're talking about reporting, so this is the new snitch. This is the Stasi. They want you to become the Stasi. They tested it out with report your friends and neighbors for having a barbecue with too many people. Or if you see somebody without a mask, uh, just shoot them in the public or call us and we'll do it. Uh, you know, th that whole rhetoric about report your friends and neighbors. This is always the start of a communist or fascist takeover. It doesn't matter. Totalitarianism is, uh, is at play. And they want you to become suspicious of your friends and neighbors because if they can keep us suspicious of each other and afraid of each other, we'll never unify against the real criminals that are in town, which are them. Okay? That's the real truth. That's all you need to know. And uh, New Zealand, wow, you guys better fight this with everything you've got because once this road, once you embark on this road, it's really hard to turn back. I just thought this was cute. This lady, Lucy Luckett. So what exactly is a far right person? And some of the, some of the comments, I'm just going to quickly run through a couple of these comments because of course, everything they're saying that they don't like, well, even that they're like, Oh, they, it's a weird mix of ideologies. You know, the people that just want the constitution to be enforced, like <laughs> uh, it's a weird mix of ideologies of, you know, people who believe in freedom versus tyranny. It's weird. Uh, but anyways, a far right person, that is their punching bag. And of course, we've got people chiming in, <laughs> a person who is frequently correct, anyone who says anything that a liberal disagrees with, a person who is and was a centrist, and that's from the prisoner. <laughs> and it's just a cool little graph, year 2008, year 2012, and then 2021. <laughs> um Anyone capable of critical thought, reason, and logic? According to the far left, it is anyone who is not them. Everyone slightly to the right of extreme left, apparently. Someone who doesn't think men can get pregnant. Anyone who speaks outside the narrative of the day. Anyone who is not a full-fledged communist. Like, <laughs> we're on to it, guys. This is beautiful. People are on to it. I love it. I'm always happy because I grew up in the time when there was only five people that were awake, okay? So this is great. 
I feel bad for the newbies coming into this knowledge. They're kind of like, why isn't everybody waking up? I'm like, there's millions now. This is massive progress. Massive progress. I know we're not there yet, but geez, give us a moment here. All right. Yeah, never forget what these people did. There's no amnesty, guys. Only justice. Choosing not to take up the opportunity to have a vaccine. At some point, there must be some kind of penalty for that. Oh, you really? have to start taking away freedoms. You mm. have to start putting some kind of punishment in place. You are not allowed to go to a gig, to go to a restaurant. You're not allowed to go to a hairdresser unless you've had a vaccine. Choose Says who? Says who, Money Penny? I can go wherever the fuck I want and what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You'll do nothing. Oh, Matt Walsh is chiming in. I got a good video of him coming up. So, okay, this is the this is the controversy now. Okay, so Elon, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but he's saying he's replying to somebody. Talk to civil society leaders. So he's putting together this board. He's trying to. He said he was going to put a board together on Twitter that had people represented from every different background and viewpoint uh, before they allow people to come back on the platform. And I mean, some of this could just be optics. I don't know. But anyways, he's saying talk to civil society leaders. And he basically just lists like all far left organizations and people. The Bush Center. Are you insane? That's why I wonder if it's a troll. You know, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder. But who knows? Um, and he's saying Twitter will not allow anyone who was deplatformed for violating Twitter rules back on the platform until we have a clear process for doing so, which will take at least a few more weeks. And he's saying Twitter's content moderation council will include representatives with widely divergent views, which will certainly include the civil rights community and groups who faced hate-fueled violence. So it seems like he's tapping into more of the left here. So this is why Matt Walsh is like, hi, Elon Musk. A huge amount of the, quote, hate and harassment comes from the left, and especially from trans activists who are by far the worst offenders. Will you be gathering together any groups of conservatives to talk about that? I'd be more than happy to participate. And I'd be more than happy to see that. That'd be great, eh? And I told Elon, I responded back and I said, I would be more than happy to represent the conspiracy theorists who are in fact the ones who were proven right and face the most amount of censorship and discrimination above conservatives, above liberals, above any of those groups. Conser conspiracy theorists were the most discriminated against and so I would like to go in on the board and represent that group. So I doubt that'll happen, but I put my two cents in there. Anyways, keep your other alternative social media accounts rocking and rolling. Who knows what's going to go down with this? I thought this was just a good, a good tweet. Clifton Duncan says, there's a strange overlap between the quote, if it saves one life crowd and the, so what if there's a nuclear war crowd? There's a lot of strange overlaps, but really good one that you pointed out there, Clifton. And what a rocking name, Clifton Duncan. Great name. I just thought it was good. All right. Got to get into some more of this data coming out to contradict the science. Let's hear from Dr. Ryan Cole on just how bad it is. The spike protein is a toxin. So it, it's not doesn't matter whether it's J&J, AstraZeneca, Moderna, uh, Pfizer, they all make your body make a spike protein. 
that spike protein binds to a tumor suppressor gene family, P53. It also binds to the breast cancer gene, BRCA, and the ovarian cancer gene, BRCA. We know that that spike protein can induce cancer pathways, period. It's happening. Cancers are on the increase across the board, lymphomas, leukemias, blood cancers, because that spike goes to the bone marrow. The lipid nanoparticle carries the mRNA to your dividing stem cells because it doesn't stay in the arm. It can go into any cell in your body and it turns that cell into a spike factory. It inhibits the ability for your DNA to repair itself. It binds to uh, our mitochondria, destroys the energy of our brain cells, destroys the energy of our liver cells, destroys the energy of any cell it gets into. Your own immune system attacks those cells. So a lot of people have arthritic pain, muscle pain. It's because those cells are being attacked by your own immune system because they're expressing this foreign spike protein. That spike protein causes mechanisms of cancer in many people, and I've been seeing that in the lab. I've been having it confirmed by oncologists, radiologists, radiation oncologists, pathologists all around the world as I travel. It is happening. It's on the uptick. Our military database showed it until our Department of Defense illegally froze that database and hit the data. Um, this is a crime against humanity. We're using a dangerous product on humanity that is harming the human cells, that is harming the human body, that is harming our hormones, that is harming our reproductive organs, that is harming any organ where that that protein lands, period. Just incredible, eh? When you really take it all in, how evil this is. It's beyond imagination for most people, unless you know who we're dealing with. Some elite, dark, black magician apothecary groups, okay? That are employed by agencies and institutions run by quote-unquote people who feel like we need to have a mass culling of humanity and we need to achieve central control. And the only way to do that is to cull all the people that, you know, we need to clear up some space and this is the way they're doing it. I mean, what else can you conclude? How do you have this level of negligence? How do you have the CDC not reporting on known signals that they discovered and not telling the public about it? And then when they start telling the public, they underreport the actual real data. Well, how do you explain that? Oh, is it just them saving face because they don't want to get in trouble? I guess you could explain it like that. You could also explain it that the CDC is simply just a branch of the pharmaceutical industry, which is a branch of the people that I expose in my documentary. So we're just seeing the little pieces of this coming together right in front of our eyes. Cancer's on the uptick. Do you know how many people I know that are telling me they've just got diagnosed with cancer or people that are emailing me and telling me about people that are just suddenly coming down with this random crazy stuff. I have a lot of stories, people personally to me that I'm not going to share just because I've promised that I wouldn't share it. But there are a lot of stories of people that I know personally that have confided in me that they have now been diagnosed with just some of the most random shit and their health suffers tremendously now. And if you were to listen to someone like Dr. Ryan Cole and some of these others who were trying to warn us from the beginning, we could have avoided all of this. So now it's all hands on deck to try to see if there's a way to solve this riddle of how to uh, help, especially these children and these people who took it under by way of coercion. They took this job by way of coercion. We need to try to figure out a solution. Um, this is a classic clip.
David Icke, uh, back in the, I think this was a little later than 1997, but he has been calling a lot of stuff since then. And let's just hear him out because this speech was ahead of its time. They were going to create new viruses in laboratories that were resistant to drugs, that they were going to use that to cull the population, that they were going to use vaccinations to cull the population, and also that they were going to uh, change the way that healthcare treated old people so that more and more old people died um, and didn't go long into, into life because from their extraordinarily sick perspective, old people are useless to them. And what we're looking at now very clearly is this attempt to play that card of mass global immunization with a, a uh, excuse of this manufactured virus to uh, get access to the, the bodies, the body computer systems, as I would say, of, of, of almost everyone on the planet. And they're not doing that because they want to protect people from anything. Crikey, the force that's saying be vaccinated is the force that created the virus, which they're saying be vaccinated against. They're doing this to get access to the global population for very, very malevolent reasons. And um, what people need to realize is that these uh, families do not come from the same perspective of life and respect that we do. They, they see humans like cattle, nothing more than cattle, and most humans see cattle. They uh, therefore have no empathy with the consequences for the human population of their actions. So if people say, they'd never do that, mate, no, no, you'd never do that. They do it all the time. Correct. Wow. Just nailed it all there in one hundred one minute and 44 seconds. Uh, yeah, they've created these viruses. They create, these are people that know how to create biological weapons. This is outside of the realm of debate between viruses and terrain and all that, as we normally would have that discussion. This is a totally different level of understanding weaponized chemical, biochemical warfare and how it is a known science that has extensions of knowledge that go back thousands of years. And they create the problem, manufacture the solution, which perpetuates the problem even more because the quote problem was the goal the whole time. That's how you deceive an entire population of people. It's very easy to do, clearly. And I like how he also points out how people need to become aware of just how psychopaths and predators think and how these people, whatever or whoever they end up being, because um, I don't think they're human in the sense that you and I understand what a human is, clearly, even just by their psychology, by their actions, whatever. Um, we're dealing with something totally different here that's also not stupid. I mean, stupid on one level, but very, very cunning, very intelligent, very ancient in their knowledge, uh, very meticulous, very disciplined, very committed. Whatever we're dealing with here doesn't think the way we think. And so the biggest mistake that we make, and this is why we keep falling for lies, is because we project our virtue onto these people. Because they get on the big cameras with the big glimmer and glitzes and lights and everything, and they tell us what we want to hear. They, they appease our anxiety. They create the anxiety and then offer you the solution to the anxiety. Um, and 
the reason we don't see it as a species is because we think everybody thinks like us, that we wouldn't be capable of committing mass genocide. So therefore, there's no way that any of these government agencies, these benevolent, loving government agencies and co corporations, uh, there's no way they could be capable of such grand evil. And then you got to do a doc. This is why I do a documentary series about Cult of the Medics, where I'm like, no, you're misinformed that the the track record of history was not about benevolent people just trying to do their best. The track record of history is a history of human evil. That's what it is. That's what it really is. That's more predominant because there's more fear in the human population than there is virtue. That's the, here, here's conspiracy theory research in a, in a concept. The reason why we study criminal history and criminality happening right now is because, well, we're still experiencing it. So we got to nail why this keeps happening on a cycle. Why does totalitarian keep coming back every 80 years, right? So the reason is, is because fear is the path to the dark side. If we just want to look on the human level of this, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear is where is the birthplace of evil. Courage is the birthplace of good. What's more, what's more prominent in the world? Really, be honest with yourself. Do you see a bunch of people walking around that possess moral courage? Is that the dominant force in our world? Or do you see that it's more likely that more people than not suffer from deep fear and anxiety, fear of life, fear of all kinds of stuff, right? And bring in the past shock, the ancient trauma and the, G and the DNA compounded by the trauma from all ages of time, which carry on through the, through the process of humanity. And then the fear generated in someone's life. Maybe some of these guys are ritually traumatized at a very young age to completely destroy their empathy development. And then they are groomed and raised to become these puppet figures that go out and work on behalf of whoever we want to talk about. Right? So what's more common in the world to the people that see the world with rose colored glasses? Now I'm not a doomer or a black pillar, so we're not going to go to the extreme of saying it's all evil. It's all horrible. There's no, it's just that what you see with the good, is you see glimmers of the good. You don't see a dominant force of the good in, in history. You see little groups, little individuals here and there. That's the good side. The people doing good, meaning, and good, meaning what is actually good for humanity, what is actually morally correct, what is actually lawful, uh, you know, what is based on natural law, what is goodly, what is godly, what is righteous, you know, all these things. We can get into the definitions of good. Because, see, the, the evil people think they're doing good. Do you, do you understand that, too? That's another issue. Is, and especially the lower-level minions, the people that serve the establishment and these architects of control unknowingly. They're just the useful idiots who are, they drank the Kool-Aid of that cult, and they believe they're serving some great good. But they're not, because their service is not based in authentic service for the good. It's based on something that's inauthentic. That's why it never works out. And that's why it ends up serving the forces of evil is because it's the illusion of goodness. 
It's the mask of goodness, literally the mask of goodness, the, the mask of virtue. It's fake. And that's why it's false. And that's why it's wrong. And that's why we should expose it. But just to quickly sum that up, there's a lot of people that have this question and I always answer it on my show and I keep repeating myself guys, because I have a lot of new people joining in and they still, you guys are still emailing me these questions, which is great. And I understand, but that's my answer to the people that are wondering how could they be capable of doing this great evil? How could they do it? Uh, you can't, and the media with their, Oh, everything's a conspiracy theory. These people are just paranoid. No, 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 no. We're actually understating the issue. We're understating the issue because conspiracy, which is just a criminal act done by two or more people, um, that's the dominant force in history. And when you're talking government and when you're talking big multinational corporations that have immunity from the law, what could that possibly produce except evil in the world, except tyranny, except lies, except corruption? It's the breeding ground for it. And you know it. That's why, because it's a criminal racket. We know it at the highest levels. But these people are trying to tell you because they have a rose-colored view because that's them preventing the shadow work that they need to do on their own inner evil and trauma. And they don't want you to be telling them that, yeah, um, there's more people that suffer from anxiety and fear in the world, which can unfortunately lead to criminal behavior or corruption or acts of evil or vicious tweets that are saying, I hope we gas all the unvaccinated people who've now turned out to be absolutely correct in their assessment. Um, there's more people suffering from that fear than there is people that have a spine that have courage and that have true virtue. And that's why people like me exist. Because I'm really tracking, when I'm tracking criminal history and I'm showing you all of this corruption and this evil, historically and presently, we're really assessing where humanity's at when it comes to whether or not we have risen above our fear. Because fear is the path to the dark side. So there's, that's why I will say there is more conspiracy, in the, especially in the establishments of power, uh, than there is any kind of goodness. Now, that doesn't mean that goodness isn't there. So I don't go to the extreme that a lot of people do. I believe there's a lot of good people working in those corporations, in the government that are doing the best that they can to expose it, to whistleblow it, to try to make change from within, whatever, even just to document it. Um, and there are good people doing great things at all levels of our society. It's not just the bad guys at work, but when you look at the vast majority of humanity, the pandemic proved that most people are already absolutely petrified of life. Even before they were told about a virus, they were already petrified of life. And all they had to do was type a few headlines and the button was pushed in everybody's mind. And it is now almost impossible to unpush that button once it's pushed. That's how far gone most people were because they weren't taught. Part of the destruction of our society was to destroy the educational process of teaching moral virtue and courage. They don't, where are the centers teaching this? You're going to say the church? Well, maybe some churches, but some churches are not teaching this. They're teaching dogma. They're run by pedophiles or drug addicts. It, it's, they're run by people terrified. Martial art dojos, it's the same thing. 
I, I, I should do a whole show on what's happened. It's what happened in the martial art world. It became a cult. It became, and what's a cult? It's the reaction to fear. People form a cult when they're in fear. Makes sense, right? So we're analyzing a lot here. When we look at these global political issues, I want you to bring it back. Don't get stuck in the headlines. Don't get stuck in the hysteria. Pull back from it and go, what have I learned about human psychology, about human behavior, about myself? What have I learned here? What's the lesson here? That's what we should be asking because that lesson can inform your solution, your approach to the solution. So fear runs the world right now, but that is what's changing. That is the awakening. The awakening can't happen to the information that people need to see. So they know how bad everything got. Nobody's going to want to look. We're only at the pandemic, election fraud, politics. We're only at the media, the social media, the backdoors between government and business and all that. We're only there in, right now. On, when talking about the mainstream discussion where people are just getting slowly introduced, drip, drip, drip to this kind of information. People that are already living in fear of life, they can't handle the truth about what really goes on while you sleep. They can't handle the truth about the real big subjects, about the cult of power. They can't learn about that yet. That will terrify them even more. It's almost damaging to talk to them about it. It's not, it's, it's counterproductive. You stick with let's, when you're talking to that type of psychology, realize you're talking to a traumatized mind. You're not talking to a rational mind. That's why it's so contradictory, contradictory. That's why there's so many contradictions because this logic is gone when fear is present. So just wanted to point that out. And I'm glad David Ike pointed it out to say, just so you know, guys, he's, these people aren't you. They don't think like you. They're not even from your universe. These people have no empathy from, they have no empathy for the human race because they're not members of the human race. I'll let you think about what you want of that statement. <laughs> um, oh, dang, I lost my spot. Okay, we'll get it back real quick. I got a few more to go with you and then we got to wrap because we're coming up to the two hour mark. Thank you so much for joining me here, guys. Um, yeah, we got a couple more. All right. We're going to be here for just a little bit longer. Okay. We did that. All right. Uh, here's another great clip. Remember Prince? There were a few artists who I think knew what was going on, maybe even more than we imagine. And they did try to drop a few truths here and there. So here's Prince back in the nineties talking about the media a lot of um, media driven fear that uh, really is detrimental to one's health i don't think we were supposed to watch television and take on all the problems of the world i don't think the body's equipped for that the disintegration going on that we really have to address our values have been lessened to a great degree i think that we we should address this as a community as to what it's doing to the culture. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about just plain disintegration where you're not even speaking the truth anymore. The truth is that you either are here to enlighten or discourage. Do you, do you feel responsible as an artist Very for so. what you're putting in? Do you think that other people do? 
no, I don't. How do you measure your success? By, oh, who was the rapper? Uh, Masterpiece said, only God can judge me. There it is. Only God can judge me. Uh, in time, we're going to find out that. Yeah, hey, interesting, eh? Interesting. I wonder how many people know, eh, in Hollywood? I'm, I wonder how many people know and are against it, right? Maybe they're threatened. Maybe who knows? But I think Prince knew some stuff. Kevin Sorbo, great statement here. Any person who said the vaccine stopped transmission should be fined $900 million for misinformation, just like Alex Jones. <laughs> Boom. Agreed. Kind of sucks what they did to Alex Jones, but it ended up being that they just set a precedent moving forward for themselves. So hopefully that backfires beautifully as these things tend to do. That's just just Benny Johnson talking to Elon about what's going on with all these lefties jumping onto the board to the, to the thing. Who knows what's going on with this? We'll watch it, see how it goes. Okay, this is from the National Post, okay? So this is coming from Canada. Canadian doctors are encouraged to bring up medically assisted death before their patients do. So you're going to walk into a doctor's office now in Canada and they're going to give you a bunch of options because they believe in medical freedom and choice. And uh, they're going to say, all right, you can either get a surgery, you can take a drug, you can get a jab, or we could just kill you. Like those are your options. <laughs> it's insanity. Tell me, tell me you're trying to depopulate the planet without telling me you're trying to depopulate the planet. Okay. Just putting laws in effect for euthanasia. Give me a break. Um, Oh, here's some more of the science coming out. New evidence has emerged from Switzerland showing that mRNA vaccines are routinely injuring the heart of vaccine recipients with myocarditis occurring in as many as one in 27 cases. It's pouring out from all over the world, guys. Oh, by the way, what date is it? It is. It is November 2nd. Aren't the uh, American midterm elections like in a few days? The 8th, if I'm not mistaken? Wow, keep your head on a swivel for the next couple of days. I just realized that. We're going to see some bombshells, I think, happening. I'm curious as to what's going to be going down. I pray for everybody's safety over the next few days in America. All right, here is a quick, I'll just play the part one of this. This is former England footballer Matt Latizier, I don't know how to say it, shining a light on the vaccine-injured sportsmen. So this is about all the guys that were dropping in the pitch. There is censorship, um, without any shadow of a doubt. I was listening to Talk Sport one morning, uh, the day after another footballer had collapsed on the pitch, clutching his heart. And during the Jim White show, Trevor Sinclair and Simon Jordan both expressed an opinion that they thought there needed to be some kind of investigation because these players are collapsing on the fields of play and nobody seems too bothered about it. I was a professional footballer for 17 years, hand on my heart. I never saw one player in my entire career in 17 years. That's not just matches. I'm talking about training five days a week for 17 years. Not one player did I see with a heart problem. Not one. Now, all these players start collapsing on the pitch. Trevor Sinclair happens to bring up the subject 
and questions why nobody is being interested in investigating this. He was conscious when he was taken to the Royal Berkshire Hospital and was communicative with the club medical personnel as well as his family. Good. That's about the best news, I think, Simon, we can expect uh, at this time. I think everyone wants to know if he's had the COVID vaccine. Halfway through his sentence, his microphone got cut off. Live, on air, microphone cut. He was not allowed to speak about that subject anymore. Now that is irrefutable evidence that there is censorship. And those, that censorship would have come from Ofcom. Uh, and if you don't think that the government uh, has told them to do that, I'm sorry, you're, you're living on a different planet. The media have been so complicit in all of this. I've sat in, uh, in a meeting this afternoon at Parliament at Portcullis House where Dr. Asim al gave a presentation. Uh, and in amongst the crowd were a lot of the vaccine injured. And these people are crying out for some help and just to be noticed. And our media have completely turned their back on them. I spoke, Lisa Shaw, who worked for the BBC, one of their own, she died last year, last May, and it is now October 2022. She... And he continues, but I'm glad uh, we've got more people speaking up about this. That's got to be some kind of a signal. I think that's what they call it in the medical research field, a signal, a danger signal. What better danger signal do you need than like weeks after rolling out your jabs, you start having professional athletes that have like horse hearts dropping dead of heart attacks on the pitch or having heart attacks at young ages in and a bunch of like hundreds of them, if not more. And then you add in all the college football, all the people in call there, this stuff's pouring in from everywhere. I think it's even worse than what we're seeing and it's going to get worse unless this is reversed. It's insanity. But again, what are we doing here, guys? We are collecting the evidence. We are conducting Nuremberg 2 prep right now on this show. I've already presented enough to you that we could start we could start doing some arrests right now. But uh, yeah, this is what it is. We, the public, we individuals. I don't know if that works. We individuals. But anyways, all of us out there are doing our own independent inquiry. And here's Matt Walsh weighing in on the uh, pandemic amnesty. If they didn't know, if they didn't have the information, that makes this tyrannical approach less justifiable, not more. But again, they did know. They knew the opposite of what they claimed. They knew it because I knew it and you knew it. And many of us were saying this in April or May of 2020. Shouldn't sh shut down the schools. These masks aren't, aren't doing anything. You know, you don't need to be worried about uh, shutting down parks and beaches makes no sense because, if anything, you want people to be outside in the sun when, when a virus is going around. Many of us were saying that practically from the beginning. We were saying that, you know, March, April, May. They started saying it last week. How did we know it? If our public health authorities, so-called, did not, did we have access to information that was unavailable to them? I mean, the claim is absurd. Now, the point here is not to gloat. Honestly, I'm not much in the mood for gloating after what they did and what they took from us. 
Children committed suicide. Elderly people died alone in nursing homes. Many businesses went under. People, people lost everything. Gloat? No, no, no. We want justice. We want accountability. We want to set an example so that they won't try this again. Move on? I'll move on after there have been military tribunals. I'll move on when Fauci and his comrades are tried and convicted for crimes against humanity and given the maximum penalty for it. That's when we can move on. And not before it. Here's an idea. If you want to practice forgiveness, if you want to let people move on from past mistakes, why not tell that to the cancel culture vultures who spend their time digging through comments people made, uh, have made or made in the distant past and then using those as a pretense for destroying their lives in the present? I mean, there is a lack of forgiveness in our society, but that's where it can be felt. Somebody expresses an opinion or makes a joke, and suddenly they're persona non grata, they're disgraced, ostracized. Call for forgiveness there. That's what we needed. But the tyrants who took advantage of a virus and used it as an opportunity to seize control and wield power? No, they don't deserve to be forgiven. They deserve to be punished. And, And that's what we should do. Now let's get to our five headlines. Here, here, Matt Walsh, here, here. This is the sentiment. And I even heard that some of the conservative normies are waking up. Even Ben Shapiro has now come out and uh, apologized about the vaccine, apparently. So I got to find out more on that. But someone just messaged that to me earlier. I'm like, oh, interesting. Because, you know, Ben, he's been very pro-vaccine for quite some time and was pro-vaccine in the beginning. And just like Jordan Peterson had come out and apologized and started criticizing it. We got Ben Shapiro. So some of the mainstream conservatives are starting to wake up. That's a good sign. And there we are. We come. This is the end. Oh, wait. And Covidians is trending. (laughs) I just made my day. Have an amazing day, guys. Covidians is true. We got it to trend. I don't know who... (laughs) I'm not going to claim that I was the first one to say it. doesn't matter. It was a very appropriate brand that, you know, I don't like to put people in groups either, but it was sort of like an epic meme troll back to them because they were calling us a bunch of names. Well, like, let's go with Covidians. It's kind of like the Branch Davidians. And now we've actually got it trending on Twitter. How lovely. So well done, guys. Go check out uh, cultofthemedics.com. Oh, and I got a couple more announcements here before we say goodbye. I want to, uh, I guess I better promote my gig here. Truth Warrior. I got to go to my own website one second. I did have an issue with my websites, guys, for a couple days there. Uh, Cultofthemedics.com and DWTruthWarrior.com went down for about four days. I finally figured out what the issue was. Happily, they were not trying to censor me. Um, I've been with this website developer for since like, I don't know, 12 years or something. Uh, so there wasn't them doing it like that. There was an issue on the back end. It's complicated, just a technical thing. And, uh, and then it got shut down. So just so you know, they weren't trying to censor me. That's not why the sites came down, but they are back. Thank God they are back. So you can get all my work over at dwtruthwarrior.com. And I invite you to check out a few different places. Um, you can go check it out. We always put the most recent shows. I've got uh, my recent shows on the convoy. I did a little series on that 
with Eva Chipiuk and of course, Danny Bulford. That, go, that went along well with my Truckers Are Right documentary. Please help keep sharing that out as the inquiry continues. Oh, and I can't wait until we get the government uh, agents on the stand. That's coming up at the end. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can get all of my podcasts, the audio versions, if you just prefer to sit there and listen. You can go check me out on Podbean and also on iTunes. I've got all of my archives there. Neither one of them ever censored me. So my whole archive going back for a few years now is actually still available in audio format. Some of the videos on platforms might be missing from some of my shows just because I've had to move everything around and I didn't back everything up. Uh, but all the audios are there. Okay, just checking that out. If you want to uh, share out my work, especially when it comes to Cult of the Medics to help me get that out, get that information out, get that series out. Uh, this is, I think this is the best interview on it. I did it with Kid Carson. I like it because I love Kid Carson. I'm going to be working with him more. And uh, he was a, he's a huge host here in, in British Columbia. He got fired for coming out and supporting the truckers. He used to run like a show talking about the top hits or whatever. And he just started talking about the truckers and they fired him. So now he does alt media. So go check out Kid Carson. But he and I had a really good chat. It's under an hour. So it's also a good time. Like if you want to share something out to introduce this work, this is a good one. It's featured on the site. You can go check out my lovely store. I got a little bit of swag for you and I'll be adding some more stuff soon. And I'm also um, talking right now to Rise Attire, who I should get to. Where's my Rise Attire? Well, there's Unslaved. Definitely go check out Unslaved. Actually, I just released a really fun episode. Uh, Michael couldn't do it this week. So I did an interview with a, a gentleman and we talked about all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so go check that out when I, I'll be posting that later today on slave.com. Very unique premium content. Look at that beautiful spread right there. Cult of the Medics Apparel made by Rise Attire. They are truthers and anons and podcasters themselves. And they also have an incredible eye for art. Uh, and they do lovely work over at Rise Attire. They have all kinds of signature series, but they did a custom series for me for Cult of the Medics. And guess what? We are just in talks right now of adding an extended series. So they're going to be adding some new designs uh, that'll be centered around chapter nine, which I know has been delayed. Um, it's sadly going to be delayed a little bit longer because it's an epic amount of work uh, and I've had a lot going on. So that'll be coming out soon. Most likely I'll get that done before Christmas and uh, that'll be the last one of this year. And then next year I'll be digging into the final three chapters. So go check that out and support me there. If you just want to support me on a one-off, I'm uh, with Ko-Fi. You can buy me a coffee or drop me a donation. Uh, they don't take any fees. They charge me, they charge me $21 a year and they take zero fees out of the donations that you send in. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's a fair deal. So that's a way you can donate if you'd like. And of course, I have to talk about my Truth Warrior Premium. Truth Warrior Premium is back. The reason I'm saying it's back is because I had originally had some premium content going on Rockfin because Rockfin has that ability. Um, and you can get all of my backlog of premium content on my Rockfin channel. <clears throat> and of course, moving forward, I am now doing deep dive subjects. And we are pulling out dictionaries. We are pulling out all the books off my library shelf on a range of subjects. And you got extra content this month. It's six bucks a month if you just go straight up. Uh, if you want to get me on Rockfin 
and get access to all that. It's $10 a month, but you also get access to all of the other content creators on Rockfin as well, including martial arts, home training, um, you know, commentary. They got, you know, all kinds of cool stuff over there. And this month we did the Bible decoded, really proud of it. Uh, this is just my opinion and all the research that I've done on Christianity, religion, and the Bible, uh, giving you a different take on it, getting into esoteric studies when it comes to these religions. Um, and we did basically an introduction. We did Children of Light was part one, Kingdom of Heaven was part two, and Kingdom of Hell was part three. I'm getting a lot of really good feedback for it. I appreciate that. I'm glad it's uh, it's resonating. And so it's a really cool series. And then I've got some cool stuff coming up. This month, we're going to be doing the dark side of Tibetan Buddhism. And I'm going to be doing this one as there'll be uh, plenty of free content coming out about this subject as well. I'm going to be interviewing uh, an author of a book called Enthralled. And she's just a wealth of knowledge about what's going on in Tibet with the Dalai Lamas and this Tibetan uh, tantric Buddhism and the sort of dark cult that has creeped up within that circle and the connection between that circle and the World Economic Forum. It's going to get pretty interesting. So I'm going to be doing a premium on that, which is just my notes and kind of going through elements of the book. And then uh, I'll be doing a public interview with the author of the book. So that'll be coming out this month. December, we're going to be doing the extraterrestrial question. I'm just going to be giving you all of the different angles on that, all my research into that field. It's a very fascinating subject. And then in 2023, we're going to kick off the new year with something called Cosmic Superimposition. And it's based on the work of uh, Wilhelm Reich, Walter Russell, uh, and uh, who else? Probably a few others are going to be mixed into this one. So that's going to be epic. So yeah, that's another great way to support the show and get access to exclusive content. And I really appreciate it, guys. So that's it. DWTruthWare.com, CultOfTheMedics.com, Unslave.com. That's where all my things are. Thank you guys for joining me today. It's been fun. I hope I gave you some stuff to think about. Hope you got some links saved and some weapons in your arsenal now when you're going out into the war for the narrative. And I'll go ahead and post some more links on my Telegram and uh, my other social media. And other than that, I will catch you again next week. We should have a regular show on Monday uh, coming up. So I'll see you then. And other than that, stay frosty. Keep your head on the swivel. I think we got a lot coming up in the winter. And let's go help the truth win, shall we? Justice is coming. See you later, guys. Cheers.